Turn, please, in the scriptures. I guess it's been a few weeks since uh, I've been with you on this. We've had guest speakers and other folks speaking. and Very, very good. I understand all of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't we blessed to have such caliber of ministry in these other gifts? But before that, I was with you on this topic that we read about in Ephesians 5. If you'd turn there, Ephesians 5 and verse 18. And I want us to go on. I believe I have direction from the Lord about this. And these things are not just subjects that we talk about and think about. It's much more, much more than this. It's God's plan that we develop spiritually and come up to a higher place. Not just that we think about something during the service, but we do things in our days and nights as a way of life. Changes. In verse 18 it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Other translations bring out, instead of using that word excess, it talks about lack of control. But what do you do instead of get drunk? Be filled with the Spirit. Now, people find this humorous, but the Bible doesn't just tell you what to not do. It tells you what to do. And, and there are those who have just believed and preached and heard condemnation don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, this is wrong, this is a sin, that's a sin, don't do it, stop doing it, quit doing it, you better stop. (laughs) But if that's all you do, and you don't talk about what you're supposed to do in place of that, it tends toward failure. Because We have desires. We have a desire to be excited, to have fun. And enemy paints the picture that the way you can achieve this is to get high, get drunk, party. But the truth is that getting drunk, getting high is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing. This hadn't been preached. If you don't talk about the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He does and His manifestations, then you won't see any of this. This will be just obscure and there will be no understanding. And the Bible warns us about people who have a form of godliness But what? They deny what? The power. They're fine as long as it's just talking. (laughs) But when you get into manifestations of power and experiences, that scares people. They're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) No. And yet, it is the book of Acts. 
Have you ever read the book of Acts? The book of Acts is exciting stuff. Isn't it? I mean, they weren't just coming and folding their hands in a quiet service and dismissing after 30 minutes and going home. They had amazing manifestations of God's power. Didn't they? Did they or not? Are we a part of the same church or are we we're not supposed to see ourselves like that? You've got theological schools that teach that God did some of these spectacular things to start the church. But then when the last apostle died, all that ceased. And now that we have the full New Testament... We don't need all that. Say say what? Huh? We don't need all that? We don't need the moving of the Spirit? We don't need the power of God? We don't need a supernatural means of praying and speaking beyond our limited understanding? We don't need supernatural power working in healing and miracles? We don't need signs and wonders to draw people in that otherwise would never give God a second look. We don't need it. (laughs) If we hadn't needed it, he wouldn't have given it to begin with. But he did. And when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, he's never left. He's still here. I said he's still here. And he hasn't changed. And what he wants to do hasn't changed. And his power hasn't waned. He hasn't calmed down. (laughs) And become reserved and stayed. And different from he was then. What he was then. (laughs) He said don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But instead of that. Be filled with the Spirit. Now there's not even a period there. Be filled with the Spirit. Doing what? What's the next word? Speaking. You can't separate being filled with the Spirit from speaking. If you won't speak, you won't be filled. And I know from some personal experience about that. I struggled with that part. I grew up around Pentecostals. Actually had experience. My uncle was a Church of God pastor. I had other relatives that were Baptist ministers and people. And I had my my grandmother's family were Pentecostals. She was a secretary and treasurer and Sunday school teacher for, I don't know, 50, 60 years at the Pentecostal church there. My great-grandfather gave the land for the church to be built on. So who's right? (laughs) Well, in the early days, my parents didn't go to church. uh, But praise God, when I was about uh, 12 or so, we started going. And I got born again at that time. Hallelujah. And then I knew my grandmother 
was a real woman of God. I knew that. Growing up around, we used to spend a lot of time at their house. We'd get off the school bus at their house. Our folks were both working. And uh, Grandma, we called her Mama down south. That's anybody else? Mama and Papa. That's my granddad and Grandma. And Mama would always have fresh tea cakes or rice pudding or some, you know, made from scratch, wonderful thing. And so we, we spent a lot of time with them. <laughs> and of course, all the love and care you got from them. And uh, uh, my granddad liked to make us hamburgers and other such things. So anyway, I knew her. I mean, she was you know, you, people would call her a saint. I mean, she was an outstanding woman of God. Filled with the Holy Ghost out in the field as a young woman. And this is down deep south. This is Mississippi. And back in those days, you know, there was hard segregation from the Native Americans and African Americans and Caucasian and did you, were you here a few weeks ago? We talked about there is no such thing as black and white. Yes. It's a made up thing. It's a made up thing. There's not enough difference in people that are dark complected versus light complected to make separate categories. We need to quit using this terminology. If you wouldn't call somebody white when you refer to them, you ought not call somebody black. There's no more difference between dark complected and light complected is there between blue eyes or brown eyes. People say, well, no, there is a, it's culture. It's where you grew up. It's what you were taught. It's how you think. But it's not because of the, your complexion. Are y'all with me? It's a made up thing. And we need to quit using it. We need to get rid of it. Well, this is going over big, ain't it? <laughs> and just because you're light-skinned does not mean you can speak for all light-skinned people. And just because you're dark-skinned does not mean you speak for all dark-skinned people. I'm telling you, this white thing, this black thing, it's a made-up thing. Made up by men to categorize and separate. It needs to go away. We need to quit thinking that way. We need to quit using it that way. Need to get rid of the labels? Yes. Well, anyway, at that time, we're talking about back in the uh, 20s and 30s in Mississippi. Obviously, there were a lot of issues. And uh, my grandmother and some African-American, I, I use it because I don't know how else to say it, and some Native American people all got filled with the Holy Ghost in the fields. And then they all got baptized in a pond. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God just pays no attention <laughs> to the stuff men make up. And so they were having diverse, multicultural, multiracial, whatever you want to call it. I don't like that word either. But anyway, everybody was coming, getting saved, getting filled. Getting baptized. And so I knew what she had was real. I knew it. She was picking cotton. 
and got filled with the Holy Ghost out there in the field. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Spoken tongues out there. Her and other folks too. And anyway, I knew what she had was real. And so when I got to be a teenager, and by that time I had gotten born again, I wanted this too. But I didn't think right. My thinking was, well, I don't want, I don't want it to be phony. I want it to be real. And I even, I'd even tell people, if you ever hear me speaking in tongues, it won't be me. <laughs> and as long as I thought that way. Now you might have thought I've digressed, but you remember the phrase I gave you? You can't separate being filled from speaking. And if you won't speak, you won't be filled. The fact that you're speaking in tongues, the actual mechanics of speaking are not supernatural. You have to use your vocal cords, your lips, your tongue, your, your lungs, just like you're speaking in your known language. You've got to speak or you won't speak. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you don't speak, you won't speak. The supernatural part is that it's not coming out of your mind, it's coming out of your spirit. Hallelujah. And we must count on this part about speaking in tongues. Because you cannot separate being filled with the spirit and the gifts and manifestations of the spirit from this. People try to, but it doesn't work. You can't have the Holy Spirit without the Holy. And you can't have the gifts of the Spirit without the Spirit. Can't separate them. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Doing what? Speaking. To yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Next verse talks about giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not describing a pinnacle experience. This is describing a way of life. A way of life. This is how we're supposed to live. Instead of griping and talking about how bad it is. Instead of complaining for hours on the, on the phone with our friends and relatives. Instead of lamenting over all the problems. We saw on the news. Instead of talking about how, how many bills we have and how many symptoms we have and, and what we don't have and how far we are away from this or that. Instead of talking the problems. Instead of singing the blues. Complaining. We're supposed to be speaking in songs. And hymns and spiritual songs, 
singing. Somebody said, well, I'm not a singer. Everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. Like I say, not everyone should record. But everybody, everybody can sing. <laughs> can you sing? So come on, everybody say it out loud. I can sing. Sure, if you can talk, you can sing. And there is a difference. When you lift your voice to sing, it's another measure of faith. And you tap into something else. We're supposed to be speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord and giving thanks. This is not based on how you feel. Most Christians don't live like this. Most folks that know something about this have not done it very well. Because there's a pull to keep you out. I said there's a pull. Even if you draw close to the Lord. Even if you get filled to overflowing and and you do some of this. Most people don't go very long until they slide back in to going day after day and not doing it. There's something that's continually trying to pull you the other way. It's called F-L-E-S-H. Your flesh. Your flesh. My flesh. Somebody say flesh. Flesh. If you let it, it'll hold you out. It'll hold you out of the fullness of the Spirit. If you let it. Go with me to some scripture. Let's look at it and remind ourselves of this. Go to Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8. Praise be to God. Glory be to God. Doing what? What's the lifestyle? Speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourself. You know, you read some of the Psalms where that's exactly what the psalmist was doing. He was talking to himself. He said, soul, why are you cast down? Huh? Right? He's speaking to himself and to God. Giving thanks. Giving praises. We're not supposed to drag around in a mental fog. We're supposed to make our tongue do its duty. Hmm? We're supposed to get up in the morning hmm? and not just listen to a bunch of junk that's depressing, but open up our mouth and begin to praise and begin to give thanks. How many believe this is the will of God? Is this the will of God? Is this the direction? We know most people don't do it. What if you did? What if you did? then you'd begin to tap into the actual spirit-filled life. The term spirit-filled is used far too loosely. People talk about spirit-filled church, spirit-filled ministry, spirit-filled this and that, when the truth is a lot of it's not. And just because you spoke in tongues for a few minutes 10 years ago 
There's no indication you've been filled with the Spirit any time in recent history. Now the Holy Ghost didn't leave you. But you have to yield to it. And that's what the we, we read this passage or text. Be being filled. We saw the same folks that got filled in Acts 2. Got filled again in chapter 4. Same people. And you keep seeing it throughout the book of Acts. There's one initial reception. But there are to be many refillings. Many. Just ongoing basis. That you get filled and, and, and filled and filled again and filled again. Doesn't mean you get saved again. Doesn't mean you're receiving the Holy Spirit again. It's a matter of yielding to him. How full we are at any given time. Romans 8. What's the problem with living the Spirit-filled life? (laughs) F-L-E-S-H. Flesh. You got flesh? Yeah, you do. You lose your flesh. You can't stay here. You... You leave. Your flesh is your earth suit. You lose your earth suit, you got to leave earth. In uh, Romans 8, this passage talks about this in detail. I don't know that I'll read all of it, but verse 1, Romans 8, 1, There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Don't stop there. Who What? Walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you walk in the flesh, you'll not be able to avoid the condemnation. Even though God's not condemning you, your own heart will condemn you. Because you know you're ignoring what you know is right. Now it's fixable. But if you want to walk free from condemnation, you have to walk in the light of what you know. Don't walk in the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's shouting ground, shouting ground. Oh, man, more than your or my head knows. For what the law could not do, and then it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. In the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do what? Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If we want to be filled with the Spirit, we have to walk in the Spirit, which is not walking in the flesh. You are Spirit, you have flesh. Your flesh pulls on you. Every day, do this, don't do this. (laughs) And your spirit has been recreated and has the nature of the Holy One. And in your spirit, the Holy Spirit also resides, making your body the temple of the Holy Spirit. But it's up to you which one you yield to. You can be prompted in your spirit. Get up and pray. But your flesh goes, I'm tired. <laughs> you can be prompted in your spirit. Skip a meal. And your flesh goes, I want more. 
You can get up and remember this message. And your spirit says, okay, let's do it. Let's speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And your flesh goes, oh, not right now. Not right now. Let's just, let's wait. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. And what will your flesh tell you tomorrow? Same thing. Maybe, maybe next week. Right? And he just, do you have flesh? Come on. You know you do. I know I have. We all got flesh. And our flesh didn't get born again. It has the same nature as before you got born again. It has the same nature as anybody in the world that doesn't even believe in God. Your flesh will do anything you let it do. It'll get totally out of control if you let it. You don't have to let it. But you can. And if we yield to our flesh, we will be carnal. That's what carnal means, is fleshy. We'll be flesh dominated, flesh ruled. And even though we're sons of the living God, we will live like unsaved people. Which is sad. Shouldn't be. But describes millions of Christians, believers. He said that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do you see here he's talking about a choice. Walk after the flesh, walk after the spirit. Follow the spirit, follow the flesh. Every day, this is in front of us. Keep going. Verse 5, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. If you keep the things of the flesh on your mind, you, that's the way you're going to go. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. What you keep on your mind is a big part of whether you walk in the flesh, whether you walk in the Spirit. What we let ourselves think about, focus on, talk about. Verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. Let me give you some other words for that unsatisfied, bored, depressed, unfulfilled. These are symptoms of death, spiritual death in your life. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Hallelujah. There is a life for the believer. That's above the life of an unsaved person. You still got flesh, but you don't have to let it dominate you. You can walk a different way. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He said so. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. Then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And that reveals you ain't walking by faith when you're walking in the flesh. You're walking by sight. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. 
If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Mortal is the shape it's in now. Later on, it's going to become immortal. The spirit of God will quicken our mortal bodies. As we walk in the spirit, we get quickenings. Oh, you didn't hear that. We get quickening. You know what a quickening is? A zap. (laughs) Experiencing manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It's real. I said it's real. Now if you live in the flesh, always just follow the flesh. You won't experience it. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us right now. Is in us 24-7. If he could raise Jesus from the dead, why couldn't he zap us a little bit once in a while? No, we know we're not going to be, you know, become immortal right now in this state. And yet the Bible tells us we can experience the first fruits of our inheritance. The earnest, we get, we get a foretaste of what's to come. One of these days, we're not just going to get zapped. We're going to get the full thing. And when that's over, you won't even be mortal anymore. You won't even be subject to aging or any such thing. I'm talking about the Bible, friends. This mortal will put on immortality. What does that mean? That means no more off days. It means no more pain. It means no more sorrow. No more aging. We've never been in a place like that. But we're going to find out. I said we're going to find out. Anybody looking forward to finding out? But here's the great news. We're going to get the full thing later. But people of God should be experiencing foretastes of it. In the being filled with the Spirit. In the quickening of the Holy Spirit. Anybody say sign me up? I'll take some. He said, therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. What's he talking about? All of us going to die if the Lord tears is coming. He's talking about spiritual death. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. You can experience death while you live down here, or you can experience life while you live down here. You can experience just flesh, 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 and it is so disappointing and boredom and dissatisfying and wearying. Flesh is yuck. But spirit is awesome. Spirit is quickening. Hallelujah. There is no weakness in God. There is no darkness in Him. There is no curse in Him. And His Spirit 
is in you. I said his spirit's in you. And the more we yield to him, the more he manifests, the more he quickens. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Now, boy, these passages we're reading, they are right in the middle of the New Testament, are they not? So this has to do with New Testament believers' life. Chapter 5, Galatians, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Are we supposed to live free? Hallelujah. Somebody say free. free. Skip down to verse 16. This is Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now let's go over this carefully. How do you not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Keep telling yourself, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. You don't just not do something. You replace it. I said you replace it. It's not just about not getting drunk with alcohol or high on drugs. What do you do? You replace it with being filled with the Spirit. How do you not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Because you got flesh and it's got desires. Yes, it does. I don't even have to ask you. I know. Your flesh. It'll want to do things it should not do. Yeah, your flesh. Everybody's got flesh. How do you deal with it? Walk in the spirit. It's a choice which one I walk in. Which one I yield to. Flesh or spirit. Flesh or spirit. Keep reading. For the flesh lusteth. Now. Don't let your mind go off on a tangent. That just means desire. And the desires can be in numerous areas. Your flesh and mine has a desire to feel what it wants to feel. And eat what it wants to eat. And sleep. And see what it wants to see. And say what it wants to say. And do what it wants to do. <laughs> it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> and that is so many times contrary to what in your heart you know you should do. Or what in your heart you know is right. The flesh desires and longs against the spirit. And the spirit desires Against the flesh. And these are contrary. The one to the other. Anybody think that word contrary is is descriptive? Contrary. So that you cannot do the things that you would. You can't do everything that your flesh wants to do. Or it will get you in trouble. It will mess your life up. Your flesh. You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. Your flesh 
will do anything you let it do. And, And there are all kind of believers who have wound up in awful situations that they never believed they would have got there because it doesn't start there. It starts at another place. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And a drink or two did it for you today, but then it's a bottle. A pill or two did it for you today, but then it's harder and harder and it's more of it. Just talking. Don't judge other people. And don't don't say, oh, I'd never, I'd never. You could wind up in the same shape if you started yielding and just kept going after the flesh. You could. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Doesn't mean he won't forgive you. But it means you'll be experiencing death. The shame, the condemnation, the death of it. Oh, but friend, no matter how bad it's gotten, it's not too bad for the blood to clean up. Do you believe it or not? I've had, I've had people look at me and say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. And I've looked right back at them and said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Because there is no sin that's worse than the blood can cleanse. But even though you get back right, if you don't choose to walk in the Spirit, you can get back in the same shape or worse. How do you not fulfill the lust of the flesh? We've got scripture for it. Help me out. How do you not? You choose not to mind the things of the flesh. It's a choice. And you choose to walk in the spirit. And if you are occupied walking in the spirit, following what you got in your spirit, while you're doing that, you won't be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And you won't be just sitting around trying not to do something because you are occupied doing something else that is giving you satisfaction, that is making you fruitful, that is mattering for you and for other people that will get you reward in this life and in the next. Thank you, Lord. The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary the one to the other so that you can't do the things that you would. But if you're led of the spirit, you're not under the law. If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is what the law was given to curb unsuccessfully. You hear a lot of people say today, I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. Okay, but if you don't walk in the Spirit, (laughs) in some cases, you'd be better off being under some law if you ain't going to walk in the Spirit. I mean, the law is good. Don't lie. Is that right? Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. What's wrong with that? That's good stuff. And you see people go, oh, no, I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. And they're yielding to the flesh so much till they're breaking the law. (laughs) No, we're not just not under the law in the story. We've got something that replaced being under the law. It's called being led by the Holy Spirit. 
And if you'll walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit, nobody will have to tell you don't lie, don't steal, don't murder, because the Holy Spirit is letting you know this all the time. If you're led of the Spirit. Somebody say if, 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 if. Don't mock the Ten Commandments. They're holy. They're right. But they were given to people who were not born again. You couldn't tell them be led by the Spirit. He didn't live in them. But we do. We got the author of the book living in us. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now here he gives us examples of walking in the flesh versus walking in the Spirit. The works of the flesh are manifest, obvious. If you're walking in the flesh, these are the kind of things you're going to see. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Another word for that is looseness. No restraint. How many know you got, you got to restrain your flesh? There's a little two-letter word. You need to tell your flesh on a regular basis. No. No. Yeah, but I want to. Well, I don't mean you're going to get to. No. I like. I want to. Can I? No. No. You don't, no, you don't need to do that. No. You ain't never going to do that. No. 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 Even the most holy saint of God, man or woman of God, has found thoughts and feelings that have come to them that are not right. And it doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. The enemy brings them. And like my father in the faith, Brother Hagin said, he said, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. And that's what he's talking about. Thoughts and feelings may come. You haven't missed it just because they come. Where you miss it is if you let them stay. And if you dwell on them. And if you feed them. And you follow. You mind the flesh. You're going to wind up following the flesh. And the works of the flesh are these kind of things. Verse 20. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Did you know witchcraft's a work of the flesh? Yeah, people get into these things because it's what their flesh wants to do. They get to do stuff that their flesh wants to do. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. All this is flesh because your flesh got mad at somebody. So you want to hurt them. And if you yield to the flesh, you will. Verse 21, envyings, murders, drunkenness revelings and such like of which I've told you before as I've also told you in time past they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God but oh what a contrast the flesh is pulling one way the spirit is trying to lead you another way we got conflict going on but it's our choice which one we yield to the fruit of the spirit is love joy if you're walking in the Spirit, that's what you're going to see. Spirit of God's going to lead you in love. He's going to lead you in joy. He's going to lead you in peace. He's going to lead you instead of being impatient to be long-suffering. It's your flesh that's impatient. 
I can't take this anymore. I got to do something right now. You say, shut up, flesh. Shut up. Sit down. You're not doing anything. Let the man on the inside dominate. Be strong. Is that right? And tell the flesh what to do. Gentleness. I don't feel like being gentle. It's got nothing to do with what you feel like. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Oh, the flesh uh, wants to show off. Uh, you got flesh. Don't you tell me you don't. Your flesh wants to be seen. It wants to be noticed. It wants to be the big shot. It wants the recognition. Yes, it does. Don't tell me it don't. It does. And if you yield to it, it'll mess you up. It'll have the opposite effect. It'll push away the very thing you want. But the Spirit of God, if you listen to him, he'll say, no, you go take the low seat. No, you sit down and be quiet. No, it doesn't matter if they get the credit. God knows. Sit down. Be quiet. Rejoice. Yeah, but, yeah, but shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. That's another thing you need to tell your flesh. Shut up. No. Shut up. Be quiet. Yeah, but I've been, I've been, I've been, and nobody, and, and they should, and it was all me, and shut up, shut up, shut up. Be thankful. Be glad you got an opportunity. God, if nobody ever knows down here, God knows. He knows. He knows the real story. Man, it will, oh, friends, if you begin to yield to it, I won't claim I've done all this perfectly, but there have been times I was able to catch my flesh and not yield to it. It sets you free. It sets you free to where you don't need everybody's approval and everybody's recognition. God's glory is so real to you that you, it's okay if they don't. If they never do in this life. Because this life is the shortest thing we're ever going to do anyway. And really, if I had to choose between getting recognition from some people right now and getting recognition from him later, hey, skip it for now. Just for real. Because who's going to remember next year? But we're talking about flesh versus spirit. Your flesh wants it now. Now. Because I deserve. No, you don't. Hush. Shut up. (laughs) Do you need to get get strong with your own flesh? Yeah. We're there in Galatians. uh, Go to 1 Corinthians. Ninth chapter. I didn't intend to go this way exactly, but I believe this is the right way. Nine and 24. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He said, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. Run that you may obtain. Does it take some effort to run the Christian race? I think some people have the idea that grace means nothing's required at all about anything. Well, that's God's part. And he has done that. And it's available. But you don't benefit from grace unless you exercise faith. Faith accesses the grace. You know what it's like? Grace without faith is like potential 
without practice. Have there been any people who had amazing, what we'd call amazing natural gifts, but they didn't use them? They didn't develop them. Or they just tried to get by on the, uh, the gift alone, didn't even try to develop it. No, what God has provided by grace must be pursued by faith. It's not trying to earn something. It's just walking in what he's provided. Keep going, verse 25. Every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Does that sound like doing nothing? Is this the New Testament? Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. I fight, not as one that beats the air. He's running. He's fighting. This is effort. He's not trying to be righteous. He's not trying to earn his salvation. This has nothing to do with that. He's not trying to earn God's love. No. He has that. We have that in Jesus. In grace. But that's not the end of it. That's the beginning. All that he's provided, we're to take now and go. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Who? Paul. The man God used to pen over half the New Testament. The man that God caught up to the third heaven and saw things he couldn't utter. He said, if I don't do something with my flesh... I could wind up disqualified for what I'm doing. Well, if he had to control his flesh, we better do something with our flesh. Is that right? Or elsewise, no matter how called you are, no matter how great God's grace is on your life, you can wind up what? A castaway, that means disqualified, means pitched on the junk heap instead of in active ministry doing what he should be doing. We know of too many sad stories. Don't we? Ministers, believers alike that were doing so good, running the race so wonderfully, having so much fruit and then because of following the flesh lost it. That doesn't mean God doesn't love them. That doesn't mean they're not his child anymore. That doesn't mean he won't forgive them and cleanse them and not even remember it. That's right. But it can mean that you're disqualified from doing some things. Some oh, that ain't right. Hey, if people don't want to hear you preach, that's how it is. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be that way. Well, it is that way. <laughs> and if nobody wants to sow into your ministry anymore because they don't trust you, well, you're done. And it's not just that way with preachers. It's that way with husbands. And wives. And employees. <laughs> oh boy. Where did I turn? Am I reading scriptures? Doesn't mean God doesn't love you anymore. Doesn't mean. 
He won't forgive you and cleanse you. Doesn't mean grace doesn't cover it. But Paul said, if I don't keep under my body, we'd say it like this today, keep it under control. One translation says, I beat it black and blue. Because these are some very strong words. I keep it and bring it into subjection. Now this is, you, you want to get rough with somebody and tell them where to get off? This is it right here. Do it with yourself. You should be gracious with other people. So to speak, cut them some slack. But with yourself, you need to be rough. With, I'm not talking about condemnation, but I'm talking about grabbing yourself by the ear and say, listen to me, boy. You ain't doing this. This is stopping. Come on here with me. Get, getting strong with yourself. Paul said, if I don't do that with my own body, I could wind up disqualified. Cast away. This is New Testament. Got the flesh. Got the spirit. Walking in the flesh is death. Dead while you live. The walking dead. That ain't some goofy show. This is reality. Don't you remember he talked about supporting some who were uh, widows and others? He said if they live in pleasure, they're dead while they live. That's another way of saying that is if you just live in the flesh and just yield to your flesh all the time, you're dead while you live. We all got flesh. Nobody should be pointing a finger at anybody else. If they got in worse shape than you did, it's just because they yielded longer and further than you did. But you yielded some, somewhere, in something. I don't have to know to know. (laughs) Don't need to know, don't want to know. But I know it's true. And I know every one of us, I don't care how long you've been walking with God, we got flesh. We shouldn't judge anybody else for yielding to the flesh because we've done the same thing. Maybe not in the same area. Maybe you think it wasn't as bad, but why wasn't it as bad? Yielding is yielding. Maybe the repercussions were different, but it's still the same thing in principle. But just for our own sake and to please the Lord, there's a higher life. I said there's a higher way. Go back to Galatians. Maybe we can finish up here. Galatians 5. I know I don't always minister on the light stuff. (laughs) Some people think it's too strong or too deep. But there's different ministries. And there's different calls. This is part of my call. To not just, you know. Talk about tater chips and ice cream. (laughs) But get into some stronger things. Do you believe it? It doesn't mean somebody else is wrong. And you know I'm right and they're wrong. Or vice versa. There's just different ministries. Hallelujah. Obviously you you want some of this. You wouldn't keep coming back. Thank God for getting born again. And thank God for ministry to babies. But how many think we should grow up? We should. Is that right? By reason of time, we should grow up. 
And if you're going to grow up, you're going to have to talk about some other things. And this is one of them. Flesh. (laughs) Not fun, but you got it, I got it. We got to deal with it. Or it's going to deal, deal with us. Not in a good way. He said, verse 18, Galatians 5, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Somebody said, you mean we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments anymore? You will without thinking about it. If you're tempted to lie, the Spirit of God will check you and go, no, you don't. No, you don't. You be honest about this. And if you follow him, you are doing what the law was given to curb and more. Can you see this? It's not from the law to nothing. It's from the law to a higher way. Verse 19. The works of the flesh. We already went over them. I don't want to hear about them again. Do you? (laughs) Tell me what the answer is for the works of the flesh. Come on, help me out. Don't do it. Walk in the spirit. And you won't fulfill this. Don't do it. How do you not do it? Don't just keep trying not to do it. Walk in the Spirit. Verse 22, if you're walking in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance is self-control. Against such, there's no law. Is this a better life than all that hatred and fleshing out and messing up? We're talking about two totally different lives. In fact, one of them is death while you live. And the other one is life and peace. Glory to God. Can you walk in the Spirit? It's a choice every day. What we yield to. Verse 24. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Is it easy all the time? Crucifixion is a brutal thing. It's brutal. Isn't it? Why would he use this term? Crucify what? (laughs) Your flesh. My flesh. It hadn't been born again. It'll do anything. Any unsaved person will do. It'll get as degenerate as you allow it to go. You keep yielding to it, it'll get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And all the time, if you're born again, it's grieving your spirit. Oh man, it's just it's doing a number on your inside. If you weren't born again, it wouldn't bother you as much. <laughs> but you are. What are you supposed to do with it? Let's say you've yielded to the flesh. What do we need to do? Yeah, God will forgive you. You can receive your forgiveness. He didn't change anything. It's already been bought and paid for. But that's not the end of it. What do we got to do? If we don't do something with this flesh, we're going to be back here tomorrow talking about the same thing. Is that right? What do we got to do? What do we got to do? Pull out the spike. Is that right? What are we going to do with our flesh? Ding! Die! Ding! Die! Die! It's not acting like it's dead. 
crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts. Everybody said out loud, Lord, help us to identify this. And we receive grace to do this in the way we should. With our own flesh. Hallelujah. Verse 25. If we live in the spirit. Let us also. Walk in the spirit. We have been made alive. That's the new birth. But just because you're alive in spirit. Does not mean. That you automatically walk. In the spirit. You can be alive in spirit. And walk in the flesh. But if we live in the spirit. Let's also. Also. Walk. In the spirit. Hallelujah. Let us not be desirous. Of vain glory. Provoking one another. Envying one another. Oh thank you Lord. There is a life that's higher. There is a life that's better. Can you say amen? Amen. It's walking in the Spirit. That doesn't mean that you're half in a trance. Because what's wrong with them? Oh, they're in the Spirit. They're walking in the Spirit. No, that's it's it's obvious. He's He's talking about a way you walk is the way you live. Walking refers to what you do day in, day out. Now, you, there are experiences that you can have in God. Trances, I mean, open visions. There are experiences. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a choice to go with what's inside versus what's pulling on the outside. Every day. It's a choice. And one of the things that's a tremendous, gives us tremendous ability in this, go back to our text in Ephesians, is speaking to ourselves. Well, uh, while you're going back to uh, Ephesians 5, put up on the screen Jude 20. The book of Acts. It's full of miracles. It's full of power. It's full of awesome things. And it all began with being filled and speaking in tongues. Everything that happened, chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, throughout the book of Acts, flowed out of Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit came, when they were all filled... When they all spoke in tongues. And if you try to separate speaking in tongues from being filled with the Spirit, and you try to separate tongues from the rest of the book, you're going to come up short. Because you can't separate one from the other. I quoted to you my father in the faith, uh, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, he said, you know, after 50 some years in the ministry at that time, he said, I. Without a question, I have observed the more I speak and pray in other tongues, the more of the other gifts and manifestations of the Spirit I have. 
The less I speak and pray in tongues, the less of them I have. Now he's talking about tongues and interpretation, prophecy. He's talking about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning the spirit, gift of faith. He's talking about all these things. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is example after example of 1 Corinthians 12. The gifts and manifestations of the spirit. Every one of those amazing things that happened, if you understand what they are, you'll look at it and go, oh, that's the manifestation of faith. That's a word of wisdom. That's a word of knowledge. That's prophecy. That's gifts of healings. All these miracles, all these amazing things, that's what they are. Tell me how it started. It all started with being filled and speaking. And the rest of it flowed out of that. And if you read these scriptures, the Ephesians were tongue-talking people. The Colossians were tongue-talking people. The Philippians were tongue-talking people. The Corinthians, obviously, tongue-talking. He had to give them instructions about when not to talk in tongues. (laughs) He did. And then he says in the middle of that, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. If he spoke in tongues more than that Corinthian bunch, he must have woke up speaking in tongues and went to bed speaking in tongues. It's no accident that most of the church has lost this. And it's no accident that most of the church has lost the kind of things you read about happening in the rest of the book of Acts. They are tied together. If you won't yield to the first part, you won't get to the next parts. Now we can't convince everybody. It's not our job to prove things to everybody. But we are already identified. If you didn't know it, I'm going to let you know right now. We are Holy Ghost believing, tongue talking, healing believing, miracle believing bunch. Faith Life Church is. We are tongue talking people. Some spiritual song singing people. Is that right? And that is the doorway into the rest. You say, well, I just don't believe that's for everybody. Well, how can I say it? You're wrong. (laughs) It's for every child of God. The will of God is that New Testament believers... Be spirit filled. And you can't separate that. From what we're talking about. I know people try to do it all the time. But it goes together. People say well, yeah but I saw they were, they were filled with the spirit. And spoke the word of God of boldness. These are the same people that spoke in tongues. Two chapters earlier. No it all goes together. Yes there are other manifestations. Of being filled. But this is how it starts. And you stay with this throughout. The tongue is the small member that controls the whole body. It's the steering wheel. It's the rudder. It's the reins in the horse's mouth. And if you can yield the steering wheel to the Holy Spirit, then he's going to take it and drive you somewhere. He's going to lead you into something else. He's going to lead you into revelation. He's going to lead you into power. He's going to lead you into other utterance. They're all linked together 
And how much we yield and how much we get filled is how much of the other we're going to start having and experiencing and seeing. Our flesh will try to hold us out and try to, you know, get us to lead a mundane, low life. What do you think if everybody in Faith Life Church, in Branson and Sarasota and everybody watching online, started every day just speaking in tongues, speaking in the Spirit, hours at a time as they just went through their day and got, notice what happened, you beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the atmosphere would be so charged when the service first started. It just, miracles and more miracles would be happening in the parking lot before you ever, before you ever started. I'm not exaggerating. What does it sound like? Does it sound like the book of Acts? That's because that's how it works. You'll get a bunch of people full of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, getting filled and being refilled in that environment. The Holy Spirit does what He wants to do. And what He wants to do is gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He wants to do revelation. He wants to do healings and miracles. He wants to do He wants to do exactly what you read about in the book of Acts. He's never changed. He just wants to do more of it. Even more of it than then. More. 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 But if we yield to our flesh and go, yeah, but I'm tired and I, I just don't feel like it and I don't want to and a day turns into a week, and turns into a month, and turns into a lifestyle, and if enough of us are doing that, it's just, I, just, I wish more would happen. <laughs> God, why won't you do more? Why won't you do more? It's just a wonder he don't just reach down and slap us sometimes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why don't I do more? <laughs> it's not his fault. People are living in a flesh fog on a low level. <laughs> what kind of church churches do we want to have? Huh? What kind of services do we want to have? What kind of do? It's not just up to God. It's not just up to me or Phyllis or a couple of people. It's all of us have a choice. Is that right? Every day. Which way we live. Thank you Lord. Where, where are you? Where are you holding? Ephesians. Let's read it again. See if he's talking about us or not. Ephesians 5. 18. Be not drunk with wine. Don't have to reach for a bottle. Don't have to reach for a pill. Or syringe. Or snort something. Be filled. With the spirit. I've been filled with the Spirit. Not as much as I should have been. I'll be honest with you. Got flesh just like you do. Let it hold me out of some stuff. But I've had times that I was high, brother. Yo. Ah. Brother Smith Wigglesworth was have said to have made this comment that he'd rather uh, be filled with the Spirit for a few minutes. Than to own the world with a fence around it. 
What does that mean? You can have tastes of heaven right here on the earth. You can have experiences that are so far outside any chemically induced anything or flesh experienced anything. There's no comparison between flesh and spirit. No comparison. Hallelujah. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Say it out loud. Filled with the Spirit. He's talking to people who've already received. We can go back in the book of Acts and find in chapter 19 when they first came to the people at Ephesus and got them filled with the Spirit. Now they got a whole church there. The Ephesians are tongue talkers. And he's writing to tongue talking people telling them to what? Be being filled with the Spirit. How? 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 If you don't speak, you won't be filled. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the flesh a kick and get up right now and start doing it. Right now. Come on, guys. Start playing. Lift up your... Somebody say, what song do I sing? Spiritual song. New song for you right now. Just, just lift your voice. Oh, say, calling to Anembenjano I worship you, O Lord. I give you glory to worship you. Ambelo sone con Johnny Vengelo. I will extol you and I will praise you. Vrelo solo. Vrelo solo. I am so thankful. I am so glad. I will praise you. My God, my lingo, so dango, Johnny, voyeo. Don't be silent. Don't look around. Lift your voice. Speak out. Yay, Lord, so. Yay, Lord, so. Yay, Lord, so. I give you praise. I give you thanks. I give you glory. Malakose, Malakose. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.